Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southpaw's Tales on the Bar Stool. Um, you are seeing us in our dining room um, because I have been too goddamn lazy and too fucking busy to move everything back from the dining room to the studio. Because after our last guest, we went on vacation, came back, went straight to work. So you're just going to have to deal with us being in our dining room. And if you don't like it, fuck off. I don't really think they give a fuck. I really they're, don't they're think anybody. Your your mugs, so they're like, yeah, that that's the that's the atmosphere. <laughs> they're like, the regardless what room right you're there. in, you're fucking hideous. So no, that's not what I, I was actually saying the opposite, but whatever, that's fine. okay. He but, called me a gilf, y'all, like a girl, a grandma. I'd like to fuck. So she was saying on my shit list. She was saying with the sweaters that she was wearing that she looked like a grandma, and I was trying to be nice and call her a gilf because like. The I like to fuck you think would be the 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 I focal think, point of that. I think the correct response would be like, nah, you don't look like a grandma. <laughs> so not like I'd still fuck you, grandma. <laughs> it was not the right response. So uh, we are welcoming back uh, Nicholas Ron, and we're going to have him on here just shortly. Uh, this is his third time uh, on the show. For like a little amount of time. And, uh, okay, so no, leave it. shortly he will be on. Got it. Punctuation and inflection. Uh, but uh, it matters. Man, you made me lose my train of thought. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have him on here shortly. He's the one. If you remember last time, he talked about uh, he and, and three of his buddies were gonna be rowing across the Atlantic Ocean. I don't remember the starting or ending points because I've slept since then. He's the one who's like living everyone's childhood yeah, he fantasy. Is... He's like a, a spy, ninja, physician. <laughs> like, or... like he's like Buckaroo Bonsai. He does speaker. everything. He's like everything. He's Buckaroo so, Bonsai. Um, we are live tonight. Um, if you are catching this live on Facebook or YouTube, make sure that you go to a streamyard.com slash Facebook. Give them permission to see your name. They don't see anything else. It just helps us see who's commenting so we can uh, respond appropriately. Let us know what you're drinking tonight. I am drinking a tall glass of hydrogen and oxygen and ice. Um, I am drinking 7-Up Zero because... I just, I can't do alcohol, and I, I'm super dehydrated. I know I shouldn't be drinking 7 I up, but... I could have put some whiskey in this water and made it made it a thing. Yeah, I, I could have done booze. I just I just wasn't feeling it, so... Y'all oh, are going to have to deal with sober it, us. But he was sober, so I was like, all right. And, but... It's a gateway that, sober. Gateway. <laughs> <laughs> all the, stay sober, all the cool people are doing it. It's the pure pressure of being sober. It's rude. It's so rude, y'all. The oh my the goodness! The struggle of being sober <laughs> is real today. I had a rough day at work, so it's it's real. So let's go ahead and blast through these uh, sponsors real quick. Cool. And, Am I gonna uh, do it? Yeah, you're gonna all do it. All right. So we don't have our cheat sheet still, so I'm just winging it. it. So first gone. of all, like always, is Five by Five Brewing Company in Mission, Texas, Battleborn, Texas, brewed Five by Five. You can get their information at five x five brewing dot com, Facebook dot com forward slash five x five brewing. You can email them at info at 5x5brewing, or you can call them 956-445-5421. That is George Rice. Uh, he's an army vet. He's he founded this. It's a lot of veterans work there. Not I don't think I all think, of them I are. I think last time I heard it, it was like them are. it was like 80, 80 something percent veteran um, veteran employment. I was about to say it's pretty bad being uh, high. And then they always have live events there. So check out their Facebook and their uh, web page because they always have. They're always uh, giving free booze to different with food. It's awesome. Yeah. They're always giving booze to uh, veteran events. Um, they actually hosted a drunk 5K yeah, man. in their parking lot where every lap you had to drink a beer before you could move on to the next lap. 
um all the fun uh, all the uh, uh proceeds went to charity it was some really cool I shit. i can't believe i missed that that makes my life we were gone fun. yeah oh, that's right we were we were busy climbing mountains and spelunking and whitewater rafting and Boo. Yeah, I know. It. Stupid. We us, lost right? weight on vacation. That's how <laughs> active we were. Like, who loses weight on vacation? We ate like, well, we didn't eat terrible, but we didn't eat great. But we were so fucking active. active. Yes, we did a what seven hour whitewater rafting trip. Yeah, yeah, it so, was awesome. Yeah, nuts. Okay, next is Oemoji Construction. Uh, they are based in the Houston, Texas area, with a focus in concrete. So they do residential, commercial, industrial, anything you need. Give them a call uh, or get their information at omogco.com, facebook.com forward slash omogco, or Instagram omogco. Yeah. And then we have uh, Nathan Einkorn with Be My Neighbor Mortgage. Um, used to be uh, Quick Start, but he moved to Be My Neighbor, which used to be that does deals owned by Christopher Griffith. The entire team from top to bottom are just amazing. They, uh, they specialize in VA and uh, conventional loans, but they can pretty much do anything you need. Uh, they're registered in over half the states with their uh, MLS. Great, 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 great team. They actually did our mortgage. Um, so when they asked to be part of our, our shit show here, it, it just blew my mind. These guys are phenomenal. So definitely reach out to uh, Nathan that's in Einkorn. That's N E I N K O R N at B M N.com. You can call them directly at seven, two, zero, nine, eight, zero, nine, nine, eight, eight, or, uh, go to Instagram, Colorado mortgage broker. Um, he's changing his Facebook stuff right now. So and I don't so have that know, It's not just about mortgage with them. Uh, they will actually go through and help you like give you tips on how to build up they did, credit. Yeah. They did credit repair and, with us. Yeah. It and, was awesome. And for so, six months before we bought our house, they were working with us. Yeah. Um, plus just, I, I, I can do an entire show on what they did for us, which yeah. other brokers wouldn't and do. And I'll tell you, that's rough. Having someone go through your finances with you and be like, you buy a lot of Red Bull, <laughs> you know, like, well, not Red Bull, but it's how like many energy, energy drinks drink. can one person consume? I'm like, I'm like well, <laughs> at least one more. They, they did. They told us that, like, uh, you have a lot of gas station purchases for like 20 bucks. It's like the energy drink. It's a vicious cycle. It really is. So then all of our editing and distribution is done by uh, Stephen Colon, who was our guest uh, last week, and his crew um, at Knucklehead Media Group. Stephen was a, a Marine veteran. But um, any of your podcasting needs, audio, visual, editing, distribution, uh, all that stuff, they got you hooked up. Great prices for what they do, um, help you get visibility, all that good shit. But uh, you can reach him at knucklehead.agency. Or Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KnuckleheadMG. And uh, yeah, without further ado, we're going to bring Nick on here because I am so fucking excited for this episode. Nick, what's going on, man? Great to see you. How's it going, guys? How you guys been? Okay, look, I got to say, like, you need to stop playing with your camera when you're in the corner because I watch way too many, <laughs> way too many streamers <laughs> where they, like, scan the camera and then they bring it back up and the guy's shirtless. So every time I'm like, yes. Wait, what, what are you watching? Now, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously enough to where it's in your algorithm I now. I guess we're doing confessions tonight. Share more. <laughs> now popping up on my shit it's not my fault <laughs> you know what shows up in my streams all the time now is uh tourette's like different people with tourette's oh, i'm like yeah, yeah, I have that too. i'm like number one God damn i don't think that there's that many people with tourette's. some of them gotta be faking it nah, like i'm calling some of them out nah, not all of them Dude, there's, there's mine, a that are mine's just 
Mine's just cat videos and everything's about ADHD recently. It's fucking driving me nuts. I get a lot of ADHD stuff. I get a lot of um, UFC and Pride reels with like best knockouts and stuff. They show up a lot because they're in my algorithm. I get a lot of gay Pride stuff. It's weird. I bet you do with that shirt. It's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of like gender reveal parties because I work in a NICU. So I guess I talk about babies a lot. I don't know. And then shirtless dudes, guys chopping wood. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you watch them long enough for Facebook to make that algorithm. Like Halloween and haunted stuff that pops up a lot. But I guess shit. I don't know. I just. I'm trying to think what else. I keep clicking on them. Stupid. JD, you got to start chopping more wood in the backyard, son. (laughs) I would, but I already cut the tree down. So rude. We're in Colorado. All you had to do was take an axe. Damn it. Baby number When were you guys in Colorado? We just got back Saturday. uh, Saturday. So like four days ago. We were in New Mexico and then Colorado. So yeah, it was very recently. Yeah, my my, uh, family used to to camp there when I was growing up. There's this meadow. And and if, if anybody hasn't been to Colorado, it's unlike a lot of states. There's a lot of public land. And basically, if there's not a fence there, you can camp there. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of places where you just camp. Like, JD pitches a tent anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, I was actually just there with the uh, the Colorado retreat for Warriors Next Adventure. I just took uh, twelve veterans to Colorado to go climb a mountain. I put them through a mental health retreat, and what, uh, what, dude, it was what amazing. Of Colorado. Uh, we were initially we were in uh, Parker for two days, and then Wednesday we head out to Fairplay. We were out there pretty much the whole time. I have no idea where either of those places are. <laughs> Do you know where Leadville is? How about how about just cardinal directions of it? Just pretty much straight west of Evergreen. I don't even know like Evergreen. An hour. Wow. God damn it. Like an hour and a half west of Denver. Okay, thank you. Thank there you, you go. We All right, were, there we go. We were, uh, <laughs> if you drew a 45-degree angle from Denver to the uh, southwest corner... It's halfway okay. between Denver and, and the southwest corner of Colorado, a real small area called Lake City. Uh, okay. It's uh, right across the Engineer Pass from Uray. Um, I actually drove Engineer Pass when I was younger. It was cool as fuck. Won't do it again. My Scared a? the shit out of me. Uh, but They're speaking was, Spanish to me now. I don't know where any of that shit is. It's, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I gave you the cardinal. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we climbed a friggin' mountain or two. But, uh, and we, we, but we went... Kate, we went to a mine. Uh, yeah, we went like a quarter mine. mile in, inside the mountain in a mine. That yeah. was that. Yeah, fuck that. I'm that good. Started in the 1870s. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, we went there yeah. because that's where that's where uh, I grew up camping, and then so I took my kids there to see where I grew up camping every summer. Um, it was also the 10 year anniversary since we spread my brother's ashes up there. So I just kind of wanted to go and. Nice. Uh, just keep it real lighthearted. <laughs> I just wanted to. And actually, it was really lighthearted, even though we were there and and my brother's passed. I, I I've come to terms with it a lot better than I had in the past, and and I wasn't depressed at all. It was kind of, hey, bro, what's going on? And then a couple yeah. of asshole comments about him because he was an asshole. And uh, we was moved. He? I'm just kidding. But then, but it was just really <laughs> cool, like showing my kids where I grew up, and then what. Stuff that they've never done before, like rock hunting, looking for quartz crystals and different minerals, and just 
different colored stuff that they that, found fun. That was fun. I, nice. I I think next time we go, they're gonna spend a whole day on the river just trying to sift through and find turquoise. That was like their biggest thing. We've got to find turquoise, and it was like, all right, we're gonna find some effing. So I think we found turquoise. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's until it's really polished, it's kind of hard to yeah, tell sometimes Google, between Google that. And yeah, I have no idea. Well, no, I'm talking about the little ones. I'm not talking yeah, about ones. the big one. The big one's probably not. The big one's just a green rocks, but it's really cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we were we we pretty much what we did was uh so every year on Warriors Next Adventure's birthday on April 18th, what we do is a fundraising lottery. So the first five veterans to raise five hundred dollars or more, they get an all expenses paid trip to Colorado and we pay for everything. Um this last trip cost us sixty three hundred dollars. Uh, but we had 12 veterans out there and on the mountain climb, we had about 18 veterans join us. So, you know, if you think about it, $6,300 for 12 people, that's not bad. That's nothing. Nope. Yeah, dude. So and how many days we had it? a couple sponsors and, uh, we got there. I got, we got there Monday. We drove. So we left at like the ass crack of dawn on Monday. And then we got there on, uh, we got every, all the veterans flew in on Tuesday. And then after that, we did a jiu-jitsu seminar that night. Wednesday morning, we did another jiu-jitsu seminar. I kicked the shit out of these guys. Um, and then we ended up going out to Fair Play, where a guy actually donated his house to us. He had, like, 72 acres. Um, I want to say he had, like, 15 beds in there, too. Like, he's, it's literally, he's using it just for retreats for veterans. And then uh, I put them through the sixth principle course, which we won't get into that because that's all fucking mushy shit. But it's basically I like a six-step process. Oh, really? It's not what you yeah. said last night. Yeah. See, now he's going to have the gay pride <laughs> stuff on his stream. <laughs> there you go. Um, but we, we put him through the six principle process, which is pretty much the six principles that I use to create Warriors Next Adventure and to just reshape myself. So it's a quick process to reevaluate your life to figure out where you're fucking up and how you can do better. Um, and then uh, we climbed uh, Mount Quandry, which is like 14,100. 27 feet or some shit. Uh, so the third 14er that we've climbed for is next adventure. And um, the biggest group we've had, we had 18 people up there, dude. It was pretty fucking cool. It was a lot of fun. Okay. I'm going to have to stop you right there. You know, all they have to do is get married and someone will tell you how you're fucking up and how to correct it. I'm just saying. Facts. Like, you didn't even have to go to Richard. I mean, girlfriends <laughs> are pretty good at that too. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because she's a wife in but- training. That's why. <laughs> As a a reminder to anybody that's watching, please go to uh, streamyard.com slash Facebook. Give them permission to see your name so we know who's talking because we have several comments, but all I can see is Facebook user and I've already turned you up. Okay, cool. And also if just talk more into your mic helps too. I am talking into my God. Oh my God, that's so much better. Shut up. So did y'all, did y'all summit the mountain? I'll like attach my mouth to this thing. Did y'all summit or is there just a specific climb that y'all do? Is it, is it? uh, No, no, no. So what we do is we, we do the full trail. So every time we get to the mountain peak. So this year, we only had three people that had to turn back. Because, it, I mean, it's a, it's a pain in the ass. I'm an athlete, and that was fucking hard. So um, we had uh, most – there was only, like, three people who stopped at, like – there's a false peak, I want to say 13,400 feet or something like that. So, I mean, that's, that's a feat on its own. So it's pretty cool. And I told every one of them, like, I'm proud of you guys. This is more than you've ever done before. Um, you know, and then everyone who doesn't actually make the ascent, we challenge them to get in shape to come back next year and try to get. So it's a little life challenge for them. 
Oh, even my it. kids were so blown away by how winded they got as quickly as they got. Yeah. Um, like when we, yeah, we, didn't do like sucks, mountain, we didn't do like mountain climbing, but we definitely did some really steep hills during some of the hikes. I and, w- I'm in shape. Yeah. Or, like I'm not an athlete. I mean, I run my mouth more than anything, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm in shape. I work out every single week, multiple times a week. And yeah. And I was surprised how winded I got. I mean, I recovered quickly, which is great and probably quicker than others that were with us. Go uh, yeah, stop drinking all that alcohol. It's just... it's, yeah. yeah. It's the beard. I guess it was suffocating him in the mouth. It was. It was. Or... Yeah. Yeah. That has an effect. Really? Okay. So I actually have a hole in my heart. I have one of the valves actually doesn't close all the way, and it's got like a little hole in it. So when I get to that elevation, I slow the fuck down. So I tell everybody before the hike, like, hey, listen, you guys are going to finish before me. Like, I'll get there, but I'm always leading, like, the rear of the pack. So, like, this time we had, like, four guys that were towards the back. So I just stayed back with them because I knew I was going to need time. And, uh we ended up finishing the whole thing up and down. It was 6.4 miles or something like that. And like 3,300 uh, elevation gain. I think we did it in like six hours. That's pretty impressive, oh. especially with no training, yeah. just going into it for a lot of these guys. Right. That's... Yeah. 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 We had one guy, um, his name was Harley dude. Fucking this is actual names. Fucking badass dude. He's actually security forces guy too. And uh, he was about 340 pounds. And so he's one of the guys who didn't make it all the way to the top. So I gave him a challenge. I'm like, listen, if you get below 300 pounds by April 15th or April 18th, I'm going to bring you back again and you're going to get your ass up that fucking mountain. So we're going to have him come back and try again. Um, but dude, he was huffing and puffing like before we even got there, dude. I'm like, I told you fucking four months ago, get your ass working out, dude, because this shit's going to suck. Yeah. You know, I've done this three times and I climbed uh, Mount Marcy, which is like a 17 mile hike in, uh, in uh, New York, but it's it's only like five thousand feet above sea level, but it's seventeen fucking miles. Dude. It's a long hike. It is, and like yeah. that's yeah, I need you to like, do me a favor, Nick. I need you to put me in touch with Harley um, after the fact, after the show, and everything. Like okay, that. It didn't have to be tonight, but um, I want to be his accountability buddy. He doesn't want me to be his accountability buddy because oh yeah, <laughs> but I need I need somebody to call me a fat piece of shit because I've got goals. I can do that for you, dude. Because I'm like, I'll, I'll still fuck you, and he's like, you're not helping. And I'm like, I tried. Well, now you know you gotta have her hold out for two weeks. Next thing you know, you're gonna be at the gym every fucking day, man. Yeah, that ain't happening. That's not, no, <laughs> that's not happening. No, no, no. She can't hear me. <laughs> I think that's more of a punishment for me than it is him. Like I'm almost like, my libido's like, and he's just like, no more. No, but seriously, put uh, put me in touch with him. You know the fact that he's security forces, okay. security forces. Um, we both have goals to to and, get in better and shape. And and I so. have talked about eventually, yeah. like him and I doing like the Appalachian Trail or something like that. But we know that it's going to kick our ass, and that's something you've yeah. got to work up to. And we know we're yeah. neither one of us are there yet. So you'd be surprised, though. Like you know, you really you make it two weeks, you can finish it. You know, because after those two weeks, your body's going to be used to all that bullshit. You know, it really is. Your your body's adapts super well, you know, and all you got to do is just keep pushing through. It's, it's all a mind game. And, I'm, all and I, I was telling JD, I was like, I'm not even worried about the hiking. I'm actually more worried about not being used to the weights on me. 
like a yeah, yeah, and stuff it, you have to carry. I think that would be the the biggest it's a lot. struggle. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a, there's some all, stretches where you go like two to three weeks without actually hitting civilization. So you got to make sure you got food. You know exactly. But not only that, it's a, you know especially in the veteran community, like all of us do all these different rucks. But all the rucks that we do are on fucking flat ground, paved. Yeah, or or at least nice dirt paths. Yeah. doing something like that in a rut is completely different because yes. you're climbing over oh, yeah. shit. Climbing totally different. Shit. It's raw. It's real raw. Yeah. Which is awesome, which is why eventually, I, even if we do a part of it, that's why I want to do it is for the challenge. But yeah, yeah. I know it's going to kick ass. My goal is after after my daughter graduates high school, I'm going to go do it. Just because, you know, I'd, I'd feel bad being gone for five months. So that's, that's a long time. And I plan on doing a through hike. So I think what I'm going to do is the summer that she graduates, um, probably the year after that, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it. So my goal is I want to have a route, <clears throat> I want to have a route planned out. So like have an estimated time frame of when we're going to be in certain spots. So like veterans can join us for like a week or can join us for two weeks and they'll have their pickup and drop, drop off points. So I can have a shitload of veterans join with me. You know, if a couple guys want to do through hike with me, that'd be sweet. But, um, how fucking cool would that be for a fundraiser? Yeah. That'd be cool as shit. Like, there's no way that Hell we're yeah. going to do the entire Appalachian show. Because, that, like yeah. you said, it takes months. But it would be cool to just be like, yeah. Yeah, choose way- a part of it to where, like, yeah, I know that I want to do this point, And I know I can get this much time off on, of yeah. work. And I'm going to make it from here to here. Hell or high water. Yeah. And just kind of just yeah. really push yourself. And you have no fucking choice but to finish it because you got to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I I always tell people like plan on like plan on like twenty miles a day. Twenty miles a day is more than doable. Um, you know, you have time to stop for lunch. You know, you just keep going. You know, after twenty miles, you think about it like that, you still have quite a bit of time to rest and relax and just eat food and shit when you're done. Yeah, on on flat ground, um, veterans organization yeah. <laughs> with them here, uh, we do a hundred mile ruck annually, and it's twenty miles a day, and it's twenty miles a day, yeah. five days straight. And gross that, uh, yeah, streets, but on, 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 on flatland, it takes us about six hours to do the, the 20 miles in a day. So, I mean, that's, yeah. And once you get past a certain point, it, as long as you can stay out of your fucking head, you can yep. go way farther. I think the most I've done in a day is 23. I could have gone farther, but th- then again, being on asphalt in the middle of the fucking heat, Oh yeah, it's gonna hurt your fucking you. feet, man. And yeah, that, especially those shitty boots we had to wear. Was this sh- that my feet by the end of the day I had blisters everywhere, and it was like, oh shit. So I, I was in the twenty miles, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good because my feet are fucking shot. So and yeah. I was just there for one day. Of course, that was uh, what 30, 40, 50 pounds ago. So that was, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so I'm like, if I could do it then, I know I could do it now, but I would definitely have to be better prepared for that portion. Yeah. Well, next year, um, one of my ambassadors sent me a pretty cool thing. I guess in Portland, Oregon, like to celebrate the beginning of spring, what they do is they do, it's a hundred mile, it's a hundred mile bike ride. And so it's a circle, right? And you do laps. So there's like, uh, I think it's a total of 500 laps. And you can have teams, doesn't matter how big the team is. So I'm actually, I have seven veterans right now that are interested in doing that. So I got to get a bike because I don't have one. Um, and I should probably practice a little bit. But uh, but pretty much what we do is like we do 20 miles and swap, 20 miles and swap. So it'd be a lot of swapping. But, you know, the last, you know, the last, what is it, 
So that would be six people. It'd be just under, just under like a hundred or no, would that be 90, 90 laps? I'm not good at math. <laughs> don't ask me about right now, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, like 80-ish. We'll say 80-ish laps. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, 70 and 100. So your ass is going to look like our feet after. <laughs> so I was actually asking people, hey, I need a bike. And my buddy Oren said, just make sure you don't get the ones with a dildo for a seat. And I'm like, aw. That would have been the best <laughs> one. It's going to keep you motivated. You ever see that? It's, uh, it's always sunny. Yeah, <laughs> She's got a point. Bike, so. You can't sit down because, you know, that makes you gay, so. <laughs> only if you smile Sucker! when you sit down <laughs> you know the rules I know, right? said it's only gay if you make eye contact so if it doesn't have eyes you're good right well, if your boots are I mean I would not. I would say I mean you could at least Eskimo kiss and then maybe that's gay I mean as long as you're rubbing, kiss. rubbing noses together <laughs> okay. I'm like how would you do that with a dildo <laughs> I'm like I mean my like the nose went all right. He lost me at the butterfly kisses. <laughs> and up is is in today's society, we're probably going to get canceled after this show. <laughs> I don't. Nah. I don't. Care. One of our eleven viewers is going to get so butt hurt. No <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, so, Nick is going to get butt hurt. We just talked about it. So I have to ask, man. Last time we had you on, you were talking about. Um, going on your row on in the Atlantic. Um, I know how it ended. Um, our viewers don't. So I want to hear the story. I've only read articles and little excerpts. Um, I don't know yeah. the story yet. So let's take it from the top, man. Yeah, so we haven't really shared the full story yet. Um, a lot of it's pretty fucking unbelievable, to be honest. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me like that I was full of shit. And I'm like, All right, okay, that's fine. Go read the articles if you want to. Uh, but anyway, so last year we were pl- we were prepping to row across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, it started in the Canary Islands just off the coast of Africa, and it ended in Antigua in uh, the Caribbean. So that would be about 3,000 miles. Um, there was 42 boats in the race, and the rowboats, so it's 100% manpower rowing. That's it. No sails, no motors, nothing like that. Uh, you bring all your food with you, and you pack everything. So it's 100% unassisted. Now there's two rescue boats that go back and forth here and there. Um, but by the time we had our incident, um, they still hadn't even left Lagomera yet. So, um, 16 days in, um, it was December 28th. We had some pretty severe storms and we were rowing straight West because the day before the wind was blowing straight South and the waves were going straight South. So we actually went about 80 miles South and we were getting close to the line where you don't want to go below a certain latitude. Latitude is a long ways, right? No, longitude yeah, I don't is always, long, yeah, long, longitude. Long, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, we didn't want to go below a certain longitude just because it makes it a lot harder to catch currents and stuff. So we were just going straight west. So our boat is heading west, and uh, about 3 o'clock in the morning on December 28th, we were heading straight west, and the waves were coming straight south. So what happened was we got hit by a 40-foot wave, and we were up on top, and it crested on us right as we hit the tops. So we turned completely sideways right at the top of the wave. And the way, what happens is the wind, if it's blowing the same way as the wind, it actually travels down the wave and back up the wave at a higher speed. So we got hit by like a 70 to 100-mile-an-hour wave uh, wind. And I was in the back cabin, which is an air-sealed cabin. There's an air-sealed cabin in the front, and Tommy was up there, and then Chad and Will were on the deck. 
So I woke up to the sound of the wave and then the sound of the wind sounded like a friggin' freight truck at us. I thought we got hit by a ship. Like I was pretty certain that we were dead, that we were hit by the fucking Titanic or some shit. Maybe it was the sub that drowned. I don't know. Um, oh my God. We, <laughs> we got hit pretty fucking hard. And so I woke up to the sound of the wave and when the wind hit us, the side of the boat just hit me in the face and I got knocked the fuck out. So I, based off the other guy's timeline, I was out for nearly five minutes. And uh, when I woke up, we were upside down and I looked outside. The life jackets are outside. So the lights got triggered so I could see blinking outside. I look out and I'm about two feet underwater. And inside the cabin is about eight inches of water inside. There's not supposed to be water in there. So I started feeling around to figure out where the leaks are coming from. There was a roof hatch, which is now down in the water. Water was just pouring in there. Um, there was an LED light on my knee, and water was pouring up from that. Water was leaking out of the sealed door, too. So we had leaks fucking everywhere. So that boat shouldn't have even been on the ocean. Now, I, I'm still panicking, freaking the fuck out, because now, A, I just got knocked out. B, I'm drowning, and I'm underwater. And then finally, I had, like, a get-your-fucking-shit-together moment. I'm like, all right, what the fuck? So I started looking around to try to grab supplies. But by that time I was sitting on my knees and the water was already up to my stomach. And so I was to the point where like, I need to get the fuck out of here. So I tried opening up my door and my door wouldn't open because there was too much pressure because the door opened out. So I grabbed it. I start pushing and I start yelling, Hey Chad, I need help. I'm fucking stuck. So Chad had to take his harness off because every time the boat could hit by a wave, it would rock. And he was connected, um, with a rope called a jack stay and it's connected to the boat. So every time the boat would rock, it would, it would pull him underwater. So he had to take his harness off. And now the reason why you don't get in the water without a harness on out there is because the current is so fucking fast. You'll be gone in 30 seconds. So we were all pretty scared to take our harnesses off. So now when I was, when, when we got hit, I was sleeping. So I was just in my boxes and a long sleeve shirt. I had a headlamp on that I found. And so finally Chad dives under and he helps me pry the door open and he dives back under to get out. So I sat there and I waited till the water was right about here. And I was having that conversation with myself. I don't, I, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. And then the water hit my chin. I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. If you don't go, go bitch. And I, I said that to myself and me talking shit to myself actually made me go. So I dove underneath and I went straight up because that's where the footwell was, where we put our feet, when we were rowing. And I figured I had enough room to take a breath of air before I dove underneath to get to the side. Um, but I, what I didn't realize was the back had filled up so much with water, it just started to sink. So when I came up, there was no clearance, and I just breathed in and sucked in a bunch of water. It swallowed a bunch of shit. It was fucking gross. And so I panicked again. I'm like, I'm going to fucking drown. And I just remember saying to myself, get out of there, you stupid asshole. So I dive underneath, and I come back up on the outside. And right as my head pops up out of the water... I get hit by another wave. I was holding onto a rope on the side of the boat. When the wave hit me, my head was right next to the boat, and I hit my head again. I got knocked out. I couldn't have been out more than a few seconds because I was underwater when my eyes opened, and I was like, oh, shit. I pulled myself back up, and I look at Chad, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? And the boat was 28 feet long, and the life raft had been deployed at the front of the boat. So I saw that. I was freaking out because I had my harness on. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a good swimmer. So I just swam to the life raft. So I swam about 20 feet to the raft and I jumped inside. When I got in the raft, I realized that the raft wasn't connected to the boat because when they were cutting down, when they're cutting the rope to get the boat down or the raft down, 
they accidentally cut the connection rope that connected it to the boat. So what happened was I jump in the life raft and there was a rope that's about a quarter inch thick. And I just held on to that. So I was just holding the side of the boat the whole time while we were just getting destroyed by these waves. And now mind you, the whole time that we're in the raft and trying to do the self rescue, we're getting hit by 30, 40 foot waves. And some of those were cresting on us and it was just fucking us up. So Tommy was in the front cabin gathering supplies. He didn't have a lot of water in his because Will was underneath the boat and there was a bilge pump and he was just pumping, getting all the water out so Tommy could get all our supplies. Chad was on the outside and he actually was, he was cutting shit off the side of the boat to put supplies inside the life raft. And he grabbed the go bag, which had a bunch of like survival gear. So he cuts it off and he hands me the knife and I put the knife in my mouth because I don't want to set it on the ground and pop a hole in the fucking life raft, right? So it's in my mouth. I grab the bag, I throw it in, and right as I look back, I go to grab the knife and we get hit by a 30-foot wave. Now my hand was already pretty fucked up because that rope was super thin and it was cutting my hand. So when the wave hit us, it slid me back and I ripped my hand and my hand had, it was, this part of my hand was all the way down to the bone and this part from here all the way down was completely sliced. Like somebody had cut me with a knife. It's fucking gross. Um, so when the rope slid out of my hand, I was like, fuck. When I yelled, the knife right in the top tube of the life raft. So I, I panicked for a second and then I was like, fuck. I grabbed the knife and I just throw it. And then I just look around. I jam my thumb in the hole and it actually stops the leak. And I just look at Chad and he's like, are we dead? And I'm like, Nah, we're good. We're good. I got it. We're good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm holding onto the raft like this. I got my thumb in the hole like this and everyone else is getting in the raft. So once we all get in, we push away from the boat. We tied it up with a harness and another rope to the side of the life raft. And uh, like 30 seconds later, the fucking, so the front entrance was facing this way and the boat, the wooby that had shark teeth painted on it, comes right in the fucking doorway of the goddamn life raft. And so we got a goddamn shark inside there. And we're slapping. I'm like, no, no, no. We're like trying to push it out. Cause we're like, he's going to pop the fucking life raft. And so we got that pushed away and I pushed it sideways. So we would get uh, away from the waves. And eventually we were about 20 feet away from it. Within five minutes, we get hit by another wave. It rips the fucking rope off the life raft. So we lose our boat. So our boat's gone. So now it's just me, Tommy, Chad, and Will. So I'm sitting like this in front of me. I got my feet on Tommy. Tommy's got his feet on Will. Will has his feet on Chad. Chad has his feet on me. And then we had a couple of bags in the middle. Now, it's maybe three and a half feet by three and a half feet with four dudes. That might have been the gayest I've ever been. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Doubt it. But uh, so we, what we did was we kind of just sat there freaked the fuck out for a few minutes because a we lost our boat b we're 850 miles off the coast of africa we're nowhere near anything um and the rescue vessels hadn't even left lagomer yet so they're a little over 900 miles away from us so we have 900 miles to wait for rescue so we all had personal beacons on and when the beacons hit the water they automatically trigger so all of our beacons were triggered right and it's it's assigned to your name. So all of our individual beacons were assigned to us. So my beacon sank with the ship. Chad's beacon sank with the ship. Tommy and Wills went off. And then we had two spares, one for the life raft, one for the go bag. So those four were activated. And we got verification that the U.S. Coast Guard had gotten 
our beacons, right? So the U.S. Coast Guard did the right thing, and they sent us over to the RCC, which is Cape Verde. Uh, Cape Verde is under Spanish control, I believe, um, and their Coast Guard was supposed to handle the rescue, right? So they were supposed to send all the ships in the area to our location to rescue us, right? So the sun goes up, and we decide to do an inventory. Um, I'm fucking puking left and right because I had swallowed a bunch of seawater, and I got a bunch in my lungs. And uh, I just, I'm coughing left and right. I felt like absolute dog shit. And seawater will fuck you up, especially if it gets in your lungs because it'll dehydrate you. So I was not doing so hot. And here I'm sitting in my boxers and I'm shivering because it's so fucking cold. And uh, you know those bullshit, like, like aluminum blankets that you always see yeah, in movies yeah. and shit? Those fuckers are warm as shit. Like, it actually works very well. Um, so we do an inventory. We have four bottles of water. We have enough food to realistically last us one day. Um, we have a Garmin GPS that worked, a VHF radio that worked, and we had a sat phone that got wet and wouldn't even turn on. So pretty much the whole time we're sitting in this life raft, we're just smacking it, like looking at it, smacking it, looking at it, turning it on, turning it off. Fuck. I came nothing else to do. fire for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Christ, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Then an Asian would come fix it. But <laughs> no, um, <laughs> so once we got the inventory, we all kind of looked at each other like, fuck. And so do you know what Zins are? Like the nicotine pouches? No. <sighs> These right here? So it's literally just a nicotine pouch. So you don't get all the bullshit from like tobacco and shit, which I didn't put one in the first show. Um, so we were chewing Zins the whole fucking row and Will sarcastically says, oh man, nobody grabbed any Zins. And Tommy just looks at him and goes, somebody didn't check his immersion bag. So I guess when Tommy was gathering supplies in the front cabin, a log of Zins floated by him and he looked at it and he goes, yeah, we're going to need that. And he packed it in one of the survival bags. So he wasn't looking for him, but it just so happened to float next to him. Like fuck so, water, fuck food. We got nicotine. <laughs> Will pulled out this log of Zins and he was like, yes! Like all of us were smiling. It's like, that's the little bit of motivation that we need. Tell me we're not veterans. <laughs> we have tobacco! I was, I was waiting for a, a point to break in and be like, anybody in the military knows that we run off of nicotine, caffeine, your Yeah, did you spite. have ibuprofen? Because he can't survive without that either. No ibuprofen, right? Oh, so man, what I, I said, oh, dude, it sucked, man. That was a lot of pain. So we had one parachute flare and then we had like three hand flares and then we had one strobe light and that's it. So that's all we had to survive. Right. So now we're again, we're 850 miles off the coast of Africa. You know, we think that help is coming. And so every 30 minutes, what we do is we get on the VHF radio and we say, mayday, mayday, mayday. This is will be crew. We're in a life raft. Our boat sank. We need immediate rescue. And so every 30 minutes we'd set a timer and we were told that we're never more than 18 hours away from rescue. About 16 hours into this bitch, we're still fucking sitting in there. And we've been getting fucked up by 20, 30-foot waves all day. It's like 100 fucking degrees inside that tent. So, like, the life raft has, like, an arch. And it's nylon that goes down both sides. So, it's, it's covered. Um, the funniest part was there's, like, a windsock area that you can open up and look out. So, it's like a lookout port. But we tied it up because we didn't want to get like hit by a wave and we didn't want to fill up. So we tied it in a nice little knot. 30 seconds after we did that, we got hit by like a 40 footer 
and the knot broke and the whole raft was full of water. Like there was probably a foot of water in this goddamn thing. So we sat there for 45 fucking minutes scooping water, like a bucket, like this big. And, and the sides were fucking razor sharp for some reason. That was our piss bucket too. So every one of us cut our cocks on that goddamn piss bucket. So I wrote a letter to the life raft ladies and I'm like, Hey, smoothing out the rims. Okay. We're cutting our dicks out of here. <laughs> That was our girlfriend. That was our friend. Know, right? that was <laughs> so 16 hours into it, we all kind of have this aha moment that we're all going to fucking die out here. Um, we've had no contact. We have 10% battery left in our VHF radio. Um, our Garmin GPS was still working good because turn it on, turn it off, get the location, turn it off. We had three bottles of water left because I was so dehydrated. They forced me to drink a lot of water. I said, no, I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to make sure you guys have water. They're like, no dick. You, you swallowed the seawater. You need actual water to get that shit out of you. So I take three sips and I throw it up, take three sips and I throw it up and it happened all fucking day. So by the time we got rescued, I was pretty dehydrated. So we all kind of had that moment. We all just looked at each other and there was the moment that, I don't want to say I accepted death, um, but I can tell you honestly, you know, I'm sorry for getting a little emotional, but I think that's the first time in my life I ever wanted to live, you know, with everything going on with Warriors Next Adventure, like Friday, we just had 118th call on the crisis line and they're all still alive. So I'm pretty fucking good at what I do. Um, I don't brag about too much, but I'll brag about that every fucking day because that makes me proud. You know, the fact that veterans trust me enough to call me when they're at their worst. And I thought about that and I thought about all the things that I regretted, you know, and I've been a good dad, you know, um, I might be gone a little too much, but that's something I thought about. Um, so I was okay with that. You know, I try to be good to Mara, you know, I try to be good to everybody, but I had this fire inside me that just kept saying, no motherfucker, you got shit to do. You have shit to do. And so there was a time where I kind of zoned out. You couldn't sleep out there cause we're getting fucked up the whole time. I had zoned out for a few minutes and I like lived the next 10 years, you know, and I'm like, I come out of it and I look at the guys like, I've seen my future. This isn't how we go. I was like, and I promised every one of your wives that I would bring you home. We're getting off this fucking life raft. And that just kind of lifted the spirits a little bit. Um, you know, there was one point where I was losing it a little bit. Um, and Chad was sitting right next to me and he just puts out his hand. And I grabbed it and we both fucking fell asleep holding each other's hands and shit. And it's like, you know, as, as goofy as that is and as many jokes you can make about that, <laughs> tell me there's nothing more beautiful than you've seen something like that. You know, like that's why we do so well at war because it's for each other. You know, the whole time we were on that life raft, it was all for each other. The, the you know, trauma bond that, is, is highly under appreciated and highly misunderstood the trauma bond and, and it doesn't yeah. have, to have to be in your situation or war or anything like that but yeah and anybody that's gone through any kind of trauma together with somebody else understands yep. that that takes you so much farther than anything so what you're talking about it's like yeah it makes perfect sense yeah and and it was it was pretty fucking beautiful because i held on to the life raft so it didn't float away for the boys i put my thumb in the hole even though i caused the hole i kept my <laughs> thumb in there i didn't even tell you what happened with that so my, I kept my thumb in there for about five hours. And finally, I like I was sitting there and I'm just like, guys, I'm going to lose my thumb. And 
like I told them, I'm like, I'm okay with that. If it may, if it means we survive, I don't give a shit. I don't need a thumb on my left hand. It's fine. I, I'm a righty anyway. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I told him like, you know, I'm okay with that. I was like, can we try to find something to plug this fucking hole though? I was like, I'd rather not lose my thumb. And we actually found a cork, but the cork was dog shit. So every 30 minutes when we'd make our call on the radio, we'd have to sit and pump the raft up with this shitty fucking oh, harmonica or what do you call it? What's the, what's the, the, the music? I, I don't oh, the mu- accordion. Yeah. Yeah. Accordion. It's like an accordion pump. It fucking sucked. Um, but anyway, so about 17 hours in, I'd be lying if I didn't say we were slowly starting to lose hope. Um, you know, I kept telling myself, I got shit to do. I got shit to do. I got shit to do like continuously. But every time I close my fucking eyes, man, um, I haven't talked about this too much, so um, I'll try not to get too emotional. But every time I closed my eyes, I kept seeing my funeral, you know, and uh, I didn't want that. You know, I didn't want my kids to have to go through that. I want my family to have to go through that. And the crazy thing is, like, how married I am to Warriors Next Adventure. All I can think about, there's so many veterans out there that need what I'm doing. I was like, I, I need to get through this. So I kept telling myself, like, I've seen your future. This isn't how it goes. And so I just kept convincing myself, you're going to fucking make it. Um, you know, and I'm not religious. You know, I, I, I try not to talk about it too much, but I, I don't believe in God. I'm not religious or anything like that. But the other three guys were, and they were all holding hands and like praying and one on each side, both put their hands on. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll pray with you motherfuckers. Um, you know, it didn't really change anything in me, but like, it felt good to be there for them too. You know, like it, it was a little bit of comfort for them. Um, you know, and it, we were extremely connected at that point. And, uh, next thing you know, our alarm goes off. We turn on our VHF radio. We have 10%. The battery lights fucking flashing on us. And we're like, fuck, we're not going to get rescued, man. We don't have radio communication. They're not going to fucking find us. And so we make the call and then we hear a mic click. And I was a dispatch for the state patrol for, eight years. I know what the fuck that means. Somebody fucking hurt us. So I told Will, I was like, okay, this is what you need to say. Say fucking mayday, mayday, mayday. This is Woody crew. We're in a life raft. We need rescue. We cannot hear you. Give us two mic clicks. If you can hear us. And we were click, click. And we were like, we all start fucking bawling and shit. Like, it's like, Oh, fucking finally. So we're expecting a rescue boat, like a small rescue boat. Cause it's sailboats. Right. So we figured the sailboats for the team, the rescue team, we figured that's what it was, right? So we're facing west, and the ship is coming up behind us southwest. And as soon as it breaks, I'm the one that's right next to the zipper. So we decided I was going to go first because I was the most fucked up. So um, the ship pulls up next to us, and I look over. I'm like, holy shit. And so <laughs> it's a fucking 180-meter ship. We had a 40-fucking-foot climb to get to the top railing. And I'm like, motherfucker, man. So my hand is fucked. Right. I'm bleeding everywhere. Every time the salt water touches it, it's like you ever seen 127 hours? Yeah. Like the dude that falls in the rock. You know the the part where he cuts his nerve and then makes that loud noise and shit? Every time water would hit my hands, I'd just be like, oh motherfucker. It just hurts so goddamn bad. So we actually had these rowing gloves that we were using to row, and our hands were all in pretty good shape because of these gloves. So Chad gave me his rowing gloves. I here, wear these. And so it covered all the spots that were cut perfectly, right? So I could actually grip stuff. 
So they toss a rope out. This rope is this big, right? Fucking tiny. Um, and I grabbed the rope and I pull it. I was like, these motherfuckers don't expect us to climb this goddamn rope, do they? I'm like, I'm not, I can't do it. Like, I'm going to fucking die. And then they dropped on the ladder when we get to the side. I was like, thank God. So now remember the swells are about 40 feet. So that ship is fucking rocking, right? 10 degrees on a ship that big. It's fucking oh, massive, massive, right? Yeah. So when it's straight up, it's about a 40 foot climb. When it's 10 degrees turned, it adds about 25 feet. So think about it like that, right? So I'm sitting outside. The ladder comes down and I grab the first rung. And right as I grab it, the boat tilts. And I go, when I fly out of the damn life raft, I'm fucking 20 feet above the life raft, smacking against a fucking steel fucking ship, looking down at the water like, Ooh! I was like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, fuck. And they told us before the row, like, the most dangerous thing you can do on the ocean is a ship-to-ship transfer. The only thing worse is a life raft to ship transfer. Because what happens is if you fall in the water, you'll immediately get sucked underneath the boat and you fucking die. And so I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. I was like, well, at least these guys will be safe. Like, that's literally all I could think of. You know, if I die, these guys can still get fucking rescued. So luckily the boat rocked back and I slammed right back into the life raft. And I grabbed like five rugs. I'm like, all right, see you guys. And it rolled again and just whoop, pulled me back out. <laughs> so I'm climbing like crazy. They're like, slow down. I'm like, fuck you. Like, I'm getting up this goddamn ladder. So I get up and I see all these fucking pygmy people. It's a bunch of Filipinos and they're they're all like four foot eleven, like four foot five, four foot six. They're your size. I'm like, these, uh, these fuckers aren't gonna be able to pull me over. So they grab me like a child and fucking throw me over the side. I'm like, whoa shit. And I just grabbed the first Filipino dude I could find and I hugged him. I was like, I fucking love you. I was like, go save my fucking friends. There it is. And, That's uh, the gayest thing you did the whole time. There it is. <laughs> no, no. When I fucked him in the shower later, that was oh, the gayest yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you gotta thank him for saving your life. I mean, that was okay. That was just gratitude, buddy. That was. Cool. I mean, That's our next he was the bottom. It's so gratitude. I, it's not. It's gay, <laughs> it's gay for gratitude. That's what it is. So I get in the ship. Will climbs up right after me. When Chad goes to climb, so Chad's got bad shoulders. Like, fuckers needed surgery for 20 years. So he goes to climb up, climbs up two ropes, and his shoulder dislocates, and he falls into the fucking water. His feet land in the life raft, and he falls back into the water. But right as he's falling, a wave hits him right in the back, right as Tommy leaned out and grabs him by the chest and pulls him back into the life raft. It's like, holy fucking shit. So they lost the rope, so they started floating back to the back of the ship. Now... It's called the Hans Gothenburg. That's the name of the boat, right? So everybody Google the Hans Gothenburg because those guys are fucking heroes. So this fucking crew grabs the ropes, pulls them out like faster than I've ever seen, run fucking 50 feet down the ship. They throw another rope in. Tommy catches it. They throw a life ring down to Tommy, and then Chad starts climbing again. So Chad gets up, and then Tommy gets like a third of the way up the ladder. They're like, stop climbing. He's like, What? And they just start pulling the rope up. So they pull him up the ladder and they throw him overboard. Um, one of the moments that I'll never forget being closer to anybody in my fucking life, you know, the four of us like group hugged when all of us got on there and I'm all smiles and shit. I'm like, Hey, we're safe. Yeah. We're not dying. Fuck. Yeah. And that's all I could think about. And I was just smiles. So like in the rescue video, 
which will be shown eventually. Um, one of the Filipino guys recorded the whole rescue. And um, I was just interviewed by Care 11 News, and they made me watch it. And I watched it for the first time. And fuck, man. Like, the adrenaline that was going through our fucking blood during that time, like, it all came right back to me. And it's just, it's caused me to be extremely grateful. Um, if there's anything I took away from this, I'm so fucking grateful for the life that I have. You know, I'm grateful for the home that I have, you know, the people I have in my life, the nonprofit. Um, I'm getting ready to start another business that's going to definitely make me rich. Um, and the more money, <laughs> I will talk about it offline. I don't want to talk too much about it yet. But uh, hint, hint. Um, so the beauty of it is the, the more money I make, the more people I can help. And that is my life goal. That is my mission. Yes, it will benefit me. Yes, I'll pay my fucking bills off. That'd be great. Um, but imagine WNA not having a hundred bucks to go do something. It's like, I just put it in the account, right? So the more and more I think about like the, the gratitude that I had from that, like, you know, it, it really actually helped me out a lot. You know, I struggled a lot when I first got back and I thought about, you know, I thought about dissolving the nonprofit a few times and I actually got ready to fill out the paperwork, but Luckily, Mara knows me better than I knew myself at the time. And she says, don't fucking do it. She's like, you'll regret it every day of your life. And so I, I put it on hold and, you know, life happened and I got my fire back. But once we got on the ship, the crazy thing was, you know, it's a bunch of Filipino dudes and a couple like Russian looking guys. Right. So the, the chief comes up to us because he's like, what are you doing here? Like just in the crazy Ivan fucking accent. And we're like, we're rowing a boat across the ocean. He looks down to the life raft. like, that's not a fucking rowboat. And I'm like, yeah, oh I know this. <laughs> and I'm like, our rowboat sank. We've been sitting in a life raft for 18 fucking hours. And that was the worst fucking 18 hours of my life. But that, that second that Tommy was pulled overboard was one of the best days of my life, you know? So it was the worst and best day of my life ever. So the funny thing is I asked, I asked crazy Ivan, I was like, where are we going? And he's like, better you don't know. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're going to Russia. <laughs> and he goes, no, worse, Canada. We're like, yes, that's where we need to go. So these guys, check this out. This is fucking nuts. Like when I share the rest of these details, you guys are going to be fucking shocked that we are alive. So this boat was coming from South Africa to Canada, and they were delayed 12 hours. If this boat hadn't been delayed, they wouldn't have rescued us. To make things even worse, we go make a phone call to Evan, the fucking uh, president of the organization, and come to find out nobody was looking for us. What? Not one fucking person. Nobody knew we, we, nobody knew we sunk. Uh, so what happened all was... Your, all your uh, uh, fucking... Sensors went off. All of them fucking went off. Like two, like drowned. So is that is that going to to change the way things are done in the future? The fact that your shit did not go off. Oh, yeah. Had it not so, just been perfect, you would have been he, fucked. Here's the crazy thing: the U.S. Coast Guard did their job. They sent the alarms over to Cape Verde Coast Guard, which is called the RCC, the Rescue Communication Center. So what they were supposed to do is send all the boats our way. There, it was such a bad storm that night. They had so many false alarms. They assumed ours was a false alarm. They deleted our alarms. Shit. So we were fucking pissed. But we thought about it. If we didn't know, 
if if we knew that no one was looking for us, I don't know if we would have made it. No, that that thought that somebody's coming for us, somebody's coming for us, that kept us alive. That and if simple we, glean of hope. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That you know, and that's that's why I talk about all the time, right? There's a book called Man's Search for Meaning. I'm I'm sure I've talked about it. Um, but he was a uh, uh, psychoanalyst or psycho psycho he's a psychologist, whatever. Uh, but in, he was in World War II. He's actually a prisoner at Auschwitz. And so he wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning, based off his survival in Auschwitz. And he realized that the vast majority of people that actually survived were the ones that never gave up hope. All the people that ended up giving up hope ended up dying of starvation, dying of like overworking, because they were essentially slaves. Yeah. Um, or they just fucking died. You know, all the people that gave up hope fucking died. And I kept thinking to myself, fucking don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. And... I tell veterans that shit all the time. So I'm literally speaking to other veterans like, you know, the whole time I'm speaking to myself, but it's me talking to other vets. It's talking to vets. It wasn't necessarily talking to me, but it's what would I say to a veteran in this situation? And I coached myself the whole fucking way through, man. But, uh, you know, making the phone call to Mara, that was rough. Cause I told her, you know, first off, we're okay. We're fine. And of course that's never good to hear. And I was like, we're on a Dutch shipping vessel on our way to Canada. I need you to book two tickets to Mont. I need to book you book a ticket to Montreal, and I need you to come pick us up. And she's like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, our boat capsized, and we just spent the last 18 hours in a fucking life raft. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, don't fucking tell anybody. Don't post about it. We need to make sure everybody important knows. So after the phone call, before we made the phone calls, the first thing that they did is they brought us in a room. They put us in orange jumpsuits, which is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> um, and my hair was down to here. Like I, I look like a fucking Aquaman. It was fucking wild. My beard was even like bushier than it is now. So I, I look like I've been fucking Tom Hanks on the fucking stranded Island and shit, <laughs> but I still got the whole Viking look cause my hair was braided on the side and shit. And like, I'd fucking shave sides and shit. Um, so like all the guys, like when I came up, they kept calling me Thor. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take it, fun, you know, yeah. but I was 223 pounds the day we left. When I got on the ship, I was 192 pounds. In 16 days, I'd lost 30 pounds. Good God. And it was not good, dude. I was not doing well. And How much of it was the last, uh, like, yeah, two days? Oh, God. I, don't, I probably lost three, four pounds that last day. Wouldn't be I surprised. Lost, but... I would have lost, like, 12 pounds of shit. Just shitting my well, pants the whole time. <laughs> it was 100 fucking degrees in that goddamn thing. You know, we were sweating our asses off. So, but anyway, we, uh, they take us up into this other room and we're still like, fuck, we're going to be goddamn slaves. Like what the fuck is happening? And they bring us into like one of the chow halls and there's, there's a table with four chairs with fucking prime rib, spaghetti, fucking apples and oranges. We hadn't had real food in 16 days. And I saw, I started bawling when I saw that. Not because like I was sad or like I'm like food, <laughs> like literally sobbing while I was like this is the best fucking prime rib I've ever had, and I looked at the guys and I'm like I'm so fucking happy right now, and they're like are you happy because of the food or because we're rescued? I was like I don't know. I was like I just want to keep so, eating. But you were 16 days into this trip. How long was the trip supposed to be? So we were on pace to set the record for 45 days for uh, American veteran team. So, um, we were probably only going to be on the water for another like 20, 30, like 30 days. Yeah. About, about 30 days. 
Um, so we were about a third of the way in. So we spent 13 days on this ship and New Year's Eve, they actually threw us a huge fucking New Year's Eve party, which was bomb because they're all Filipino and it's all Filipino food. Um, but I had been talking to the chef and the chef found out that I cooked pizza. So I actually cooked American pizza for everybody and they had it for the first time. Um, so I made Papa Ron's pizza and, uh, <laughs> everyone else, we had a, I make the best fucking pizza. They call me Papa Ron in the military. Cause I used to cook for the firefighters and the police and shit. But, uh, but yeah, so like, it was like a deployment dude with like need for speed underground two on a computer. Um, they had a hard drive. They, they had a terabyte hard drive full of movies and porn. I'm like, were porn. you doing what is it, Oregon Trail or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, killing everybody. <laughs> well, they they had like a TV and shit, and like the day after the rescue, one of the guys actually connected his phone. He, he transferred the file, and we watched the rescue. And I I got up and left. I didn't want to see that shit again. And. uh it was pretty fucking wild. Like I looked at these guys and like, you guys are fucking heroes. Like never forget that you guys saved our life. Like if, if they wouldn't have rescued us, there wasn't another boat within 500 nautical miles that would have taken two days. So with the life raft with the hole in it and it continuing to deflate, we would not have made another 24 hours. Now check this shit out. Water left. Yeah. And yeah. When you, when you were so, talking about bottles, you're talking about like normal, like 20 ounce or 24 ounce bottles. No, it it was 1.5 like liters. Okay. Even yeah. still, but even still, that's, more people. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. A liter. So and here's half, here's like, the here, here's another crazy fact. So we found out after the fact that the these it was called lifesaver life rafts. We were the first people ever to survive in that type of life raft in those conditions. There's been 15 <laughs> other cases. And all 15 of them died. Oh, shit. And I think they should uh, readjust their product. I mean, if maybe if advertise a, it differently. A one to 60, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a floating device. It's it not was a life probably raft. the bucket that is ripped through. All <laughs> it's, it's, your, it's, it's a rough ass fucking bucket. Your record is what <laughs> saved you. <laughs> well, the, the crazy thing is, you know, so NATO is actually investigating Cape Verde. So we actually caused an international incident and like Hell maritime yeah. law says that they have to send somebody. So someone's getting fucking fired. Uh, someone's probably going to jail, uh, but we won't see anything from that. And then we also found out that the, the people who built the boat, they cut the boat in half right down the middle to extend it, to make it 28 feet. Not a big deal, not a big deal. But what they didn't do is they didn't submit the specs to the Coast Guard to have them test it to see if it would actually roll over properly. Now, initially, when they built it, they rolled it, and it worked just fine. That was when it was 24 feet. At 28 feet, they ran it through the simulator. It only successfully corrected itself like 90% of the time. Or no, it, it, it was 10% of the time. 90% of the time, it did not roll back over. So that boat should have never been on the fucking ocean. So no one was looking for us. Our life raft was sinking. We're the first people to survive in that kind of life raft. We had to climb a 40-foot fucking ladder to get rescued. That boat was delayed 12 hours, and there was no other boats within 500 nautical miles, and the Coast Guard deleted our alarm. How the fuck am I alive right Nick, now? Nick, you don't need to start a business to be rich. You need one really badass lawyer. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, one badass That's lawyer. That's true. One good lawyer. Called... 
Call Johnny Cochran. Let's go. Yeah, Mario. Is he alive still? Alive. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I know, right? You don't even have to look anybody up or Google anybody. Just dial the same number with your area code. Like whatever your area code is, five five five, and then just the same number seven times. And yeah. you're gonna find four, a four, pit four, bull. You will find a pit bull lawyer through the end of that phone. I promise you. I know, right? Well the the cool thing was, you know, like I wasn't able to communicate. I had no phone. I lost everything. You know, I took every single challenge coin that anyone ever brought with me. I was taking photos of them out on the ocean. I was going to send them to the people that, that sent those coins to me. I lost every coin, even my airman's coin from graduation, everything gone. My phone, my passport, all of my supplies, all my WNA flags that I take up every fucking mountain. Um, you know, so I, I lost everything, man. And all I had was a fucking, a headlamp and when the guys came over from care 11 news to interview me the other day um they actually asked me if i still had the gloves and they did and i hadn't looked at those things since montreal and i pulled the gloves out and i'm putting them on and like i'm reliving all these fucking memories with three cameras on me and a fucking interviewer interviewing me and shit and i'm looking and there's still blood all over these fucking gloves and instantly i'm just sitting there and i just froze and i relived it all fucking all over again and then right after that, they make me watch the fucking rescue video. So they're like, so how do you feel watching this? Like, like I want to fucking die? I don't know. Like, what do you want me to say? Um, but like I said, like, the big thing that came out of that is there was not one selfish fucking act that night. Every single one of us was in it for each other. You know, Will was pumping the water out so Tommy could gather supplies. Tommy was gathering supplies so we could all fucking survive. I was holding the life raft so it didn't fucking float away. And jamming my thumb in a hole that I got. Um, you know, Chad <laughs> opened my fucking door for me so I could get out. I probably would have drowned if he didn't. Um, you know, and then when Chad fell off the the ladder, Tommy pulled him back in the life raft. So it was it was very, very unselfish. And it was all for each other, you know. And so the key to that whole fucking story and everything that we went through was, you know, you it, it's okay to lean on each other and we need to be there for each other, you know, and that's that's pretty much what WNA was built on. Like if you have nobody, you can count on me. Like I got you, you know? And since then I've started 18 nonprofits. I've started nine businesses. And uh, like I said, 118 calls in the crisis line, a little over a thousand veterans. We've helped them completely reshape their lives. Um, you know, I definitely say I found my purpose and you know, that, that whole trip was uh, it, no more boats for a while. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, you want to do some some fishing from the coast with me from the from the sand. We don't even have to get in the water. <laughs> we'll have a light. I actually just, I actually things. just went uh, I just went fishing down Lake Okeechobee. Um, in God, I was there like four weeks ago, and then back in April. So I mean, I've already been on the water, and I'm fine. Like I, know, I've done fishing. real fishing. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Let's get some goddamn shit. Only if I could fight it. Well, like yeah, when it's out of the water, yeah. so I yeah. Uh, when it's out of the water, so I have an advantage. Well, from the beach, <laughs> uh, from the beach down here, or the the, the largest shark I've caught was a uh, five foot four, which nice is when when I'm catching it for food and not for sport. Well, it was it was both. It was for sport, I'm but five I do foot. eat it. You're saying the shark was taller than me? Yeah, but what pissed me off is is for me that was a really good catch. That five yeah. foot four took me about an hour and a half to reel in. Damn. Um, I was talking about physically fighting the shark when it gets on shore. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> but what, what really pissed me off is the we'll same name day, it like Ruby, and you can beat the shit out. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> nice payback. Almost <laughs> killing me. I, call I don't think Peter would like caught, that. Uh, somebody caught an eleven-foot hammerhead like three hours after I caught my shark. Damn, motherfuckers! Yeah. Fuck y'all. Well, <laughs> but it tasted I know, right? great. But thank you, Nick, for coming so, on and bringing the onion yeah. ninjas with you. I almost cried like four Jesus. times during yeah, that that's, story. Uh, that was rough. Yeah, sorry. There's so, so much. More, like, if you're just now tuning Woo. in, or you tuned in like late in the in this live uh, podcast, make sure you go and you check the uh, the entirety of the show because the story from the beginning to the end is just fucking crazy. But uh, you, you, I. So I was I was following you on on the there was an app where I could follow your trajectory yeah. line and everything. I was checking it every day. I had the guys at work vested in it uh, in the break room. I'd be like, oh yeah, my buddy that's rowing. He's uh, they've done thirty three miles today and they're heading here and and it was cool because there was an app that showed you yeah. real time uh, location. And then when I saw the Facebook post, I can't remember if it was WNA or, or where I saw it initially, it I'm like fight or die. I was like, yeah, it was the fight or die one for the, for the team. I was like, what the fuck? And, and, you know, even though you and I have never met in person, I, 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 I truly do consider you one of my friends, even though it was oh, for sure. Man. We, we communicate via Facebook messenger more than oh, anything. But, so cute. <laughs> but I mean, hey, you, you make me the best damn hats I've ever had, man. Those fucking hats are the shit. <laughs> But it was like, it, it was looking from the outside in, like my fucking heart sank. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then that was and just then from it, the and disappointment, then, not even from the story. He was, yeah, he was okay. disappointed oh, for you. He was so heartbroken. <laughs> you didn't get to finish the trip. Well, so yeah, it sucks, it was, was, I was concerned about your well-being. And then once I found out that you're okay, I'm like, man, it just sucks. I know that he really wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then not knowing the story, because it was really tight-lipped for a long time. Like yeah um we wanted to make sure everybody finished the race we didn't want it to be all about us so like we just wanted to say hey we're safe we're good we'll talk about it after the row so after the row we actually did that full length post because we did a full breakdown in montreal we all sat together and we did a full time stamp like after action report and uh you know then a couple weeks after the about a week after the row we posted and like i got thousands of text messages emails messages everything man because there's a lot of people following us i mean warriors next adventure has eleven thousand followers i think i had to finally like personalize page my personal page because nobody could friend me anymore because i so popular um <laughs> but uh but like i got tired of deleting people to add people I'm like fuck it so i just went like personal so i got like 51 like 5,100 followers on that or some shit you know, and almost all of it's veterans, right? The vast majority of people that reached out were veterans. Just most of them were just trying to get the story, which I understand. I get it. Um, but a lot of them were just checking. like, hey, are you okay? Like, and I'm like, fuck no. Like, I, I secluded myself pretty good for about about a month. And in February, I kind of still, it's Minnesota. It's cold as fuck in February. I'm like, ah, I'll stay inside today. And I had just got my 100% permanent total back in December. So, like, I could afford to just sit at home if I really needed to. And by March timeframe, we have a yearly 5k that we go down to. 
long story short, there's a young girl who was working for Warriors Next Adventure, fucking amazing young girl, found out she was only 17. So I called her. I'm like, do your parents know you're working for me? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. So long story short, after the tour, something happened. She was supposed to join the Army or whatever. And then she just stopped texting me. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, she's busy. No matter. And then last year, I got tagged in a post saying, in, in memory, loving memory of Grace. I'm like, what the fuck? So come to find out, she got denied. She wanted to be the first female to graduate and be the 82nd Airborne, and she would have been. Um, but she got denied because she had some issues, and she ended up fucking buying a shotgun and killed herself, dude. Oh, so, shit. yeah. So I called. I, I was like, somebody fucking call me. And I talked to the mom, and I told her how I knew her daughter, and she just starts bawling on the phone. So she tells me what happens and shit. I was like, I got to call you back. And I hung up the phone, and I just fucking cried for like 45 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You know, literally superwoman of a girl, like the one of the coolest fucking kids I've ever talked to. Like she inspired me to really keep going, you know. Um, but anyway, so I went down to the 5K and I gave a speech before the show or before the race. And uh, I told everybody how I knew Grace and shit. And like 40 people came up to me and like she's like she talked about you all the time. Like she you were one of her fucking mentors and shit. And I was like, you know that kid's my fucking mentor. She trained jujitsu. She's choking out fucking grown ass men. She tapped out the brown belt that trains at jujitsu Cincinnati. That's fucking insane. Yeah. She's a fucking 17 year old blue belt and just a monster, right? Had everything going for her and just decides to say, fuck it. Cause she didn't get what she wanted. You know? So the family donated like $17,000 to us. And so that kind of reignited, you know, my passion again. And then, you know, I may have had a little bit of fun with some some magic mushrooms as well. And that really it so I know this is a weird thing to talk about and I know it's still technically illegal and there's a lot of people weird about it. It changed my fucking life. Um the amount of gratitude I felt when I was on my experience, it everything went away. I haven't had a suicidal thought since May, you know, and I've been I've had depression since I was about nine years old. Um first time I stepped that hell of a fucking gun to my head kind of fucked me up a little bit. Um, you know, and I struggled my whole life to find out who the fuck I am. And I was told my whole life, I'm a skinny little bitch. I'm ugly. I'm this, I'm blah, 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 everything under the sun. I'll never be successful. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that's part of my drive to, you know, essentially like you guys said, be a fucking child and go do all the cool shit that everyone wanted to do because fuck it. I can, I'm alive, you know? And it just, it made me so grateful that I'm alive, you know, and I thought about all the things that I was doing wrong and, you know, people that I may have pushed away that I think I pushed away a little too soon. Um, I made a lot of reconnections after that. And I made a lot of apologies for some of the ways that I acted because I'm so quick. I'll cut somebody out of my life like that. Like you don't exist anymore. And I don't hate them. I don't want anything bad to happen to them. They just don't exist in my world anymore because my world is going up and they're going down. Fuck them. I don't want them. But I'm a little quick to do that, especially with What's weird is, people is close to me. I, I, I think a lot of us, especially a lot of us that were uh, fuck-ups when they were younger, um, had to have that come-to-Jesus moment with myself or yourself to be able to be that person to cut people off like that yeah. and, and now it's like now it's just like fuck it whatever dude get the fuck out of my way yeah because yeah, there you was bring a lot of like, times that he held on to people i held on to people were tearing him down well there was people that yeah. i i had these loyalties to because we went to elementary school together junior high high yeah, school yeah. whatever 
and 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 I held these loyalties because of the amount of time that we had known each other versus the quality, the value and quality of time that we had together. It's like I'm I'm a parent. I don't have time for yeah all that bullshit we did back in the day when we were cruising the back roads or jumping. I mean that's whatever. That's why the six principles work so well. You know, the first principle is who do you have? And it focuses on the people that you keep close to you, right? So we talk about the black clouds and the shooting stars, right? The black clouds suck you down, pull you down. They want you to fail. You know, like my mom was my black black cloud. Like she was telling people she wishes I would fucking kill myself and all this shit, saying I'm a piece of shit. Oh, and I'm like, thanks. The one person who's supposed to always be there for me, I'm like, fuck you. And the day that I cut her out of my life and forgave her, but also cut her out of my life, you can forgive people, but also realize they're not healthy Absolutely. for you. That's where the six principles started. You know, I started looking at the people closest to me, my jujitsu coach, uh, my good friend, Oren, like those are, those guys have been my, my Yodas over my life and they didn't have to give me a fucking ounce of it. You know, I'm not related to them. They didn't have to give me shit, but they were my shooting stars. They're the people that are always guiding me. Right. And you have to cut the fat out of your life. If you want to succeed, especially if you're into drugs and shit, you're trying to get clean. You're still hanging out with motherfuckers that are doing drugs. You're not going to get clean. You know, it's, the chances are so fucking slim. Yep. You know, and so the big point of the six principles, again, I'm not going to go into that shit. That's a four hour fucking speech, but you need to reevaluate your life, you know, and if you don't reevaluate, reevaluate your life, you know, a couple times a year, you know, you're, you're really going to find yourself slacking, right? So you have to have a purpose, you have to have a drive and you need to have a tribe, right? If you've never read the book tribe by Sebastian Younger, I highly suggest everybody reads it. It's about homecoming and finding your tribe essentially. And veterans are my fucking tribe. Like, those are my people. Those are the people that I know will be there for me. And when I started my nonprofit, my whole family, no one was behind me. My dad told me no. My mom's my stepmom. My stepmom is who I call my mom now. Um, my mom said no. She's like, you don't know the first thing about business. So I was like, I'll fucking figure it out. I was like, you don't have to believe me, but you will. And they do. Now, you know, now that I've serviced 40,000 veterans in the last four years, you know, I guess that's what it took. You, you to service you service them? No, he serviced them. Yeah, how do you think I make people get better? You know, that's how you it's want not so gay. Followers, you fucking cheater. Yeah. yeah. If you give an HJ, I'd be like, <laughs> no, hey, it's, it's not gay if you're doing it for mental health, okay? Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's funny when talk about the drugs thing and sobering up because, uh, like many people, when I got out of the military, I was I was very very angry. Went on a very gnarly downward spiral of of tequila and cocaine. And uh, Woo! I mean, love cocaine. You know, don't do I'm, it. It's I'm, bad for you. I'm at a point in my life where I can admit it. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Who knows about it? Because I'm fucking way past it. But yeah, my uh, uh, when my brother literally threw Why me did through my a wall. Parents not want us together. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my brother literally threw me through a wall when he found out that I was on coke. And when I say threw me through a wall, I don't mean he pushed me against the wall and had a stern talk with me. I mean. I went through two pieces of fucking sheetrock through me. Oh shit! <laughs> and was like, who fucking hey, built so- that wall? Why were the joists not? It in was right an place? apartment <laughs> complex. Man. <laughs> but it was like, like grade A apartment. But it was like you need to sort your shit out. And then she uh, left me because I, when I'm on coke, I make bad decisions. Believe it or not, you know. Uh, and he's a raging dick. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it was literally. I went from. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the quantities that I used, but I used quite a bit um 
and I can use all kinds of reasons to justify it. But I went from that to to nothing literally overnight. Like oh, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, it's time. I need to st- uh, stop this shit. And uh, here I am, what, eighteen years later, drug free. But the circle of people. It better be more than eighteen years. It better be close. To- <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Eighteen, nineteen, whatever. It's, it's a long fucking time. But the circle yeah, yeah. of people that I had shrank so oh, fucking yeah. quick and yeah. it's people that i thought were, were were there for me thick thin the people when we had kids and we kind of prioritized our kids like you do uh yeah that dwindled a lot too it was like uh you're not gonna pick me up from the bar you're not gonna go and get drunk with me every weekend like what the fuck like we're no fun anymore it's like bitch come to my house and get drunk i don't care but yeah. no i've got a baby i'm not like gonna hang out with you at a bar while you're trying to hook up with some random no but well, there's there's a saying, you know, there's a saying like the you know a plant grows taller and the weeds fall off, right? So as the keeps growing, the weeds are just gonna fall off of it because it's too big, right? You know, and and it's not about being better than anybody. I don't give a fuck about other people. I really don't. I just I plan on being the best version of myself I can be. Yeah. And that version of myself helps other people become the best versions of themselves, right? Exactly. I don't give a fuck about haters. I've had people talk about the Warriors Next Adventure podcast. Like, you swear too much or you say inappropriate shit. I was like, I don't fucking care. This is a podcast for veterans. This is I don't give a fuck about you. I care about vets, right? And the vast majority of vets that laugh at the shit that I talk about and say, hey, this fucking part of the podcast really helped me. Or, hey, this really made me want to lose weight. Or, hey, this made me want to stop doing fucking drugs. The amount of veterans that have reached out to me because of the content that I put out, it's it's a it's in the thousands. I, I don't I don't know. It's I've lost count. Um, but fuck those people, right? I know what I'm doing works, and I started this nonprofit to do it my way because the VA wasn't fucking doing enough for me. And I said, fuck it, I'll do it my way. And I mean, look where it's gotten me. You know, since I started this nonprofit, I learned how to do business. I started two businesses. Um, I had three, but I dissolved one of them, put it into the other one. And I'm getting ready to start another business here at the end of the year. Um, hopefully this will be my last one and it probably will be, but you know, it, it's, it's helped me grow so much, you know, and when you find your passion, everything gets better. And if you don't know what your passion is, and you don't know what your purpose is. That's your mission. Your mission is to find out what the fuck is it, right? So if you're just sitting at fucking home drinking all night, doing nothing by yourself, it's fine every once in a while. I used to do it, but if that's all you find yourself doing and you're secluding and you don't have a purpose, you don't have a drive, you don't have a reason to wake up and get out of bed and say, I have this burning fucking desire to go do this. I need to do this. Everyone needs to do that if they want to find a fucking happy life. And also, if there's nothing that challenges challenges you, if you're comfortable, comfort is scary because then it's like you're yeah. not really pushing yourself. You're not going to go any further than you are right now. The unknown is terrifying, but when you push yourself to that limit, there is, it's so much more rewarding. Like you can, well, nothing great is easy. Exactly. It's hard. It's fucking hard. Guess what? Oh, well, it's fucking hard for everybody. You think people made millions because they were safe? No, they fucking push themselves. It's, it's intense. Well, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, another thing is, is a lot of people think that, they're too old and yeah look you're not, not too fucking old to do anything i mean you are uh well i'm 43. <laughs> i'm 43 i'm getting ready to go back into college you know I, age is just a number man pushing, i'm gonna be pushing 50 by the time i finish my master's but you know what fuck it it's for me 
Yeah, that, that, dude, you know, Colonel Colonel Sanders was like 67 when he created the fucking, was it seven original recipes or whatever? Yeah. 67 and, years old. And they started a fucking nationwide franchise of that delicious fucking chicken. And, and, I love was that. A, uh, and, he and failed at suicide, too. Sense. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he tried killing himself and failed yeah. and then uh, ended up making kfc and he sold he sold chicken dude. door to door or some shit and he shot, awesome. he shot yeah. he shot a dude dead for uh bringing in competition in a small <laughs> look it up Fuck google yeah. that shit colonel Gangsta. sanders Dude, fucking colonel shot sanders, a dude dead just shoot a fucking guy <laughs> we actually did part of an episode like, on that my my big drive in life too is to, is to be the example that's why i do the race cars mountain climbing wolves you know fucking rowing across the ocean climbing mountains like I don't do it to fucking like have the accolades, right? I do it for research, essentially. I'm always trying to find myself again because no matter what, if you, you know, 2015 after my suicide attempt, I I was on a mission to find myself. I didn't know who the fuck I was. So I started fighting again. I became top ranked, you know, I think it was number five welterweight in Minnesota in 2018. You know, and then I got knocked out and I had to quit. You know, three weeks later, my wife leaves me. And it's just like, okay, well, fuck my life. It's like, nope, time to reinvent and then next thing you know, I slip and fall on a fucking rock while I'm doing a fucking waterfall climb. And I, the name Warriors Next Adventure just comes to me. And I just, bam, I land on my back. And I jump up and tell my friend Orr. And I'm like, dude, Warriors Next Adventure. He's like, what the fuck is that? I was like, I don't know, but that's what it is. And I spent the next six months kind of redefining what the fuck is that. You know, and I go to Sturgis and I hang out with a bunch of Hell, Hell's Angels. They all happen to be, be veterans. And we had a fucking blast together. I wound up. I woke up in my car the next day, which I was sleeping in my car because I didn't have a tent. And uh, I was like, what the fuck happened last night? And I turned my phone on and I get a bunch of text messages saying, bro, you need to meet us at One Eye Jacks tomorrow. You're fucking awesome. I'm like, oh, shit. Did I get jumped into the Hells Angels? What the fuck happened? So I get there and these guys are just like, hey, I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? And because uh, I have a drunk me, it's called Bob. So once Bob has about 15 sh- or once I have about 15 shots, I go to sleep. Bob wakes up and Bob has a fucking great time. And so he shows me a video and he's like, bro, this is what you did last night. We were at a strip club. It's Sturgis. And uh, I walk up, I jump on stage and I go over to the girl who's dancing. I go, move. I got this. And I take my shirt off, take my pants off. And I slide my boxers on and I start dancing on this fucking pole. And all these biker dudes are coming up, putting dollar bills. And I, I woke up with a wad of fucking cash in my car. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's like 80 bucks in there. There was a 20 in there too. So I impressed someone. Might have been one of the gay bikers. But they were all vets. And the funny thing is like, I was telling them my story at lunch that day. And all these big ass motherfuckers, like veteran, Marine Corps veterans, Vietnam vets, all kinds of crazy, fucking crying, dude. And then next thing you know, this big motherfucker that looks like he could beat the shit out of a gorilla, he's like, man, about four years ago, I tried to kill myself. And he's like, shortly after, I found these guys, and these guys became my tribe. And I'm like, all right, so that's it. Vulnerability and camaraderie. Those are the two things I'm going to live by. And I was in constant search for my purpose, and it never occurred to me that that's the other thing. It's purpose, community, and uh, purpose, community, and fuck me. Vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability. Jesus fucking Christ. You're welcome. Brain injuries. Um, (laughs) But like, that's the three things that we're, that's what we're built on, right? And so I'm vulnerable, so others can be vulnerable, right? But I also do all this cool shit. So I'm not just like beta male saying, talk about your feelings. I'm like, hey, let's climb a fucking mountain and talk about war. Like, that's what we do. But 
it's never about the past, really. It's about where are you fucking up right now? And how can I help you become the best version of who you want to be? And then I help them recreate and figure out who the fuck am I? Once I figure out who the fuck they are, find out who you want to be. You know, once you have those steps, take those next steps and do the fucking work and learn how to love yourself again. You know, It's like, you know, body, mind, and soul. It's extremely important. Everyone should be lifting weights, right? Whether it's once a week or twice a week, it will make you feel better, right? You know, everybody should have something that makes them work on themselves, like internally, whether it's religion or it's meditation. I meditate every day. Um, I try to. I shouldn't say every day. But it's, it's for me to work on my spirituality, right? I don't follow religion or anything like that. But what I do find is the more and more I'm in touch with who I am, I know what I need to do. So I challenge everybody to take time and meditate. Even if you're religious and you're Christian, whatever, if you have a relationship with God, imagine how much better it would be if you knew who the fuck you were, right? Because how the fuck you can have a relationship with someone if you don't know what the fuck you're bringing to the table. So everybody needs to be in a constant search for themselves, you know, and that's that's kind of what we do. Being in a relationship, being in being boyfriend and girlfriend, being married. Can you really understand what love is if you don't even love yourself? How do you expect them to love you? Just like anytime exactly. people are like beating themselves up with like, but you expect other people to want to have sex with you, but you don't even find yourself attractive. Like what? I don't exactly. understand that. We, like, we personally yeah. went through this recently. I was really, really down on myself for, for quite a while. And I, I, I can't place where or when it started, but it was one of those things where it's, it, it, I went downhill really quick and, and she brought it up. She's like, you're so fucking unattractive because of how you talk to yourself or talk about and really, yourself. It, it was this, it was, can you stop talking about my husband that way? I don't appreciate that. And it was standing yeah, up to him talking shit about himself. Like that's my man. And you need to stop talking shit about him. Cause it's pissing I off. love that. And he was that's like, a good fucking wife right there, man. I love that. Like, shit. That's, that's the guy I'm having sex with. Don't tear him down because I'm, <laughs> not. I'm going to bang him later. That's what's going to happen. I mean, if he, if he lets me, yeah. and if he, if he closes the bedroom door. <laughs> so, well, I, you know, Think about the community aspect, right? That our spouses, the people we're with, it's part of the community. You know, a part of what brought me out of my funk after the after the ocean row is Mara just sends me a text like, "Hey, you're going to get a beard trim and a haircut at this place called Fellas. It's just really fucking cool, like men's barbershop." So I walk in there and they have like THC drinks and shit. So like, fuck, I'll buy one of those. And like, I hadn't talked to anybody in like two months. I was like totally secluding myself. And this guy just starts talking to me and shit. I just started sharing some stories and, you know, tell me like, I haven't really gotten out of the house much. I kind of had some crazy shit happen. He's like, what happened? I told him about the ocean row and everyone in the fucking barbershop is just like, like staring at me, listening to me. And they're like, who the fuck are you? And it kind of reminded me like, you know, who the fuck am I? Like, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? So a fucking haircut and a beard trim totally fucking helped me out. You know, and it was all because she said, hey, you need to take care of yourself. Because I didn't realize I was fucking neglecting myself. Because you, you looked you know, homeless? <laughs> Did you look like <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, you need to trim that fucking beard, all right? She's like, um, I mean, I'm still going to go there, but I'm going to feel like I should slip you a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I am so thankful that Mara is there for you because um, I reached out shortly after you got back and, and, and I knew you were going to be going through a lot. So I just kind of kept it brief. I just wanted to, to, to just reach out. 
And even though it was only via text, and a lot of times it's really hard to tell inflection and emotion and everything via text unless yeah. you use an emoji or a <laughs> comma LOL or something <laughs> yes. like that. Um, but LOL it, there, was, the pain. there was a definite difference <laughs> in, in uh, our messages for a little bit there. And, and you were open. Yeah. Like, you talked about being vulnerable. You're like, yeah, I'm not in a good fucking place right now. And and I'm not going to get completely into our conversations because they were private. But oh, anyway, sorry. Um, but it was like I could definitely tell the difference. And then when we messaged, probably like a month later, which I'm guessing was probably about the same time you're talking about, you can just see in in the text there's a complete different uh, you you were you again. And yeah, dude, awesome. like. That ocean fucked me up, man. Like it's like I fucking regressed eight years in healing, you know. And I just I felt fucking I felt worthless again, you know. Like the crazy thing is, like there there's a saying by J.R. Tolkien's, like how do you how do you pick up the threads of a past life when you know that there's never you're never going back, right? It's a beautiful saying because that's not you anymore, right? And so it took me a while to get back to that, like even though I, I stayed pretty strong during all that, I had a weak moment. I cried once in the fucking life raft, like, cause I woke up, you know, seeing the fucking funeral and shit. And, you know, I, but I never lost control. Not once. Right. I'm the kind of guy that if I'm emotional and I feel I need to cry and a tear comes up, I don't give a fuck. What is somebody to do? Try to fight me. I'll fuck them up. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't care what people think about me. I'm me. I'm going to be me. Fuck everybody else. Um, so that, that vulnerability doesn't scare me, um, at all. And it never has, you know, well, since I started this whole nonprofit thing, um, but like, it took me a while to remember that again, you know, and it's like, it took a lot of pushing, which again, another thing that Mara did was, uh, I, the first nonprofit I helped start in 2020 was X 22 adventures. Uh, Steve's like 54 years old. It's weird. Cause he calls me his mentor, which is kind of weird, but I don't know. Age is just a number in the veteran world. And uh, so apparently they were talking back and forth and Steve asked how I was doing and Mara pretty much told him like he needs fucking help. Um, and he was having his first ever uh, fishing retreat down in Okeechobee in uh, Florida. And he pretty much told me, hey, you're going to this, you don't have fucking choice. And Mara pretty much said, hey, you should go. I'm like, hmm, there's, you guys are fucking up to something. So I get down there. And uh, we have a blast. And like the last day he hands me a fishing rod. He's like, Hey, what does that say on there? And I pull it up and I look at it. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I can't fucking read, but it says, you know, staff Sergeant Nicholas Ron, 2006, 2012. Um, and he got me a fucking fishing rod, like as a thank you. And he gave like this speech. He's like, he's like, I called you because I was getting ready to kill myself and I didn't want to die. And I needed somebody to help me. He's like, you helped me start this nonprofit. And now you've affected hundreds of other veterans just from helping me. And he's like, don't ever forget who the fuck you are. And I was just like, you dick. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking assholes. But that, that helped a lot too. You know, and again, the mushrooms helped a lot too. But it was a culmination of things, right? So I tell people that if you're just going to therapy and expecting that to fix you, it's not going to fucking work, right? Because a therapist is only giving you tools. That's all they're doing. You have to fix yourself. Um, but if you're only doing one thing, try adding another. Go to the gym, eat healthy, get the fuck outside because vitamin D is extremely important for mental health. Um, you know, 
do things that you love. And so I started training jujitsu again. I started doing all of these things that I know I love. And I started talking to that veteran. You know, I wasn't me, but the me who I am started talking to me. It's like, get your fucking shit together. And, you know, I started lifting weights again and, you know, I got back up to 220 um, from like 193 pounds. So I, I, you know, I found myself again, man. So it's like, don't ever think that the space that you're in is permanent. It's not right. Even if you're extremely happy, you know, Alan Watts has a really good speech about uh, it's called a crest and a trough, right? So it's a wavelength, right? You can't have a crest without a trough. It's impossible. It doesn't work that way. Right. So no matter where you're at in life, if you get to a point where you feel like you are at rock bottom, there, there's an upcoming very shortly. Don't give up. Fucking find somebody, reach out. Um, I get vets reaching out to me all the time just for pep talks, you know, and, and we'll talk and I'm a cheerleader. Like I'll fucking, I'll, I'll do anything to try to help a veteran fucking get his shit together. And if that means, you know, he wants to start a business, I help him start his business. I help promote him. Um, like I got a guy who I'm selling his rash guards once we get our dispensary up. Um, because he's like, he's about cannabis veterans and jujitsu, but it's like, reach out to somebody. Like if you are at that point where you feel like you've, you've reached the end there, there's nothing more courageous than reaching out when you need help because that's saying, Hey, I'm fucked up. I need, I need help. You know, that's like pure vulnerability. And that's something that more veterans need to start fucking doing. They, uh, remember it was the first Facebook page I'd ever made or Facebook group. And it was a private group. And uh, this was when I came to terms with a lot of the issues I was dealing with. And it was, uh, I called it embrace your crazy because there comes a point where you just kind of have to embrace the certain things that are to the core, who you are and and what made you who you are. But you know what? You know what? Fuck it. This is who I am. This is the shit I did. Good, bad. Otherwise, fuck it. Now let's just move forward and not be and, a shithead and nick we could have you on like seven more yeah we need <laughs> i've been wanting I, I i want this conversation to last like five more hours but i cannot do it because it's all good man but um why don't why don't i, I have you guys on a, why don't i have you guys on a warriors next warriors next adventure podcast those are like two three hours so yeah um yeah we can get some pretty long form stuff we'll awesome. uh We'll definitely uh, plan that. But, yeah, we want to have you here because I definitely want to have you back to talk about uh, how you uh, went into your depression afterwards, what got you out of it, besides what you've already covered, because there's stuff we covered pre-show that I wanted to discuss. But, man, our conversations just went (laughs) fucking all over, which I'm not complaining. It was was great. I got a lot going on. (laughs) But, yeah, we've got to call it a night because we've got to be up at at, uh, 4.15 because she's back in the gym, so I'm not a fat piece of shit anymore because it was – that's <laughs> anymore because yeah. uh yeah it and uh i go back Good to the you, MMA gym for the first time in two years uh here in the next couple of weeks so yeah we have sexual yeah. and gym chicken going on still <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> so but with that i've got to play you out man nick god damn it you need to come back soon um i, I love it every time you're here we definitely need to touch base offline uh talk about getting here some, for some shark fishing yes sir that's yeah that's happen uh, oh yeah! Hey, Minnesota's cold in February, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's actually February is when it gets cold here, but it's a different cold. I'm cold in our house cold because I want to be outside where it's 100 degrees. <laughs> that's that's my. Uh, 
But um, if you're just Thank catching you. us, we are winding it down for tonight. I apologize. Make sure you go of, of every episode we've ever done. Make sure you go and rewatch this one from the beginning. Um, check it out uh, uh, within the next couple of days on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. They're going to be there. Um, Nick Ron, man, fucking Thank awesome you being here. So much. Um, yes. And like always, if you're out drinking or you plan on going out drinking, make sure you find a sober ride home. Stay where you're at. Do whatever you got to do so you can watch us. Uh, same beer time, same beer channel next week. Love you guys. Bye, everybody.